Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody. Uh, Tom and I of uh, Really with Tom and Dave are excited to announce that we are moving uh, to our own dedicated YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and our ad- new address will be uh, at uh, Really with Tom and Dave. Uh, so look for us. That's how you'll find us in the future. Uh, so please join us on our, we'll call it our new mothership uh, for this podcast. Yeah, we're starting this uh, fresh uh, on a new channel to ensure we bring you all the best content, conversations regarding UAP, all sorts of weird phenomenon consistently every week. We will continue to post upcoming episodes on the Stampede Podcast Network just over the next few weeks, but then we'll fully made the move over to our new channel by October, and uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, so please follow us over there, and we will we will in, endeavor to stay inquisitive, and hopefully you will uh, join us on that on that journey. Uh, you know about all all things uh, that that uh, fascinate us about how confusing reality is, whether it's UAPs, which uh, dominates a lot of our thinking lately, because they they just won't go, they won't, they won't get out of the way, and let other subjects you know have a space. They need their say. So. It is at Really with Tom and Dave, our new YouTube channel. Thanks. Hey, uh, welcome again to Really with Tom and Dave. Uh, I I can persist in being Dave, and in the other window, I don't know what, which side of the screen is on, you know, out there in the world, but on the other window is Tom Wheeler. I uh, I remain the Tom part. Um, mm-hmm. and we're staying steady with this and, uh, yeah. it's good to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm well, I'm well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I, that's it. That's enough, isn't it? Well, okay. well, I don't want to exaggerate it. Uh, Wells, <laughs> Wells, that's about, that's, I aspire to wellness. That's, uh, slightly adi- above medium, you know, it's slightly, yeah. there's Adequ- adequately fine. Some I'm positivity mod- there. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll take I'm, it. I'm moderately mediocre. Okay. Um, Yeah. If you need to share anything, I'm, I'm, this is what we're here for. And yourself, you're, I'm, I'm just, you're, I'm, you're usually better than well. I'm going to assume you still are. (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to segue because we have a fucking cool guest today. And we do. I, there's a lot to talk about, uh, with this gentleman. Let's, so like, I'm going to get into it. Chris Ramsey is a magician, creator, a YouTuber, and producer known for creating and starring in the True TV stunt magic show, Big Trick Energy. His YouTube channel featuring puzzle solves, cardistry, and magic has over 7 million subscribers. 
His work has been featured in The New Yorker, and he recently started a new YouTube channel known as Area 52 Investigations, which includes a new podcast called Debriefed, dealing with all types of phenomenon, including UAP, remote viewing, and Project Stargate are the topics of his first episode of Debriefed. I am surrounded by Canadians today as we welcome Chris Ramsey to Really. Here I am. There he is. There. Oh, there we go. We got a beer oh going. Yeah, you got a, quite a quite a light kick off that. There's beer. a little lens yeah. flare. Yeah, We're, that was pretty yeah, sweet. I mean, with an intro like that, I had to step it up. I yeah, was just, I was running around looking for something. Yeah, what? Well, where are? Where do? Where do you live, Chris? Uh, just north of Montreal. Oh, so you're still are in Canada? Just, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, are, are you not? You're in. Uh... Oh no, not for years. Not for no, decades. Yeah. I've He's been bailed yeah, from in, that. Yeah, I was in L.A. for 27 years, and I've been in New York for a little over a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, New York's. New York's a, a better LA, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. You know what? I get, I've, I've been here a year and a half, and uh, and I've I honestly I really miss LA. I, yeah? yeah, yeah. I mean the sunshine. I, I'm an hour from New York, so I'm kind of biased. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Five. You know, you know. Well, Toronto, New York, and uh, uh, Montreal are like a perfect uh, triangle. Mm. Perfect isosceles triangle. Yeah. Uh, Five hundred miles between yep. each city. The Burlington Triangle, they call it. Yeah, it's very, it's very yeah. eerie. <laughs> well, speaking from LA, it's uh, it's nice and warm and sunny. Uh, it's chilling, it chilling here in Studio City, uh, <laughs> nice. nearby all these fun studios that we continue to strike from. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Hey, you know they're hey. close enough. Yeah, you guys, you guys are both on uh, on that uh, supporting the strike, obviously, right? You're, that's yeah, you're directly involved. Like, yes, uh, yes. I'm. Yeah, I think uh, should probably yeah. be marching right now, Dave. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'd rather think, be I, here. I'm ha- so happy to be here. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there are any more unions I can join so I can be on more strikes uh, <laughs> simultaneously. Starting to stack uh, up. They're starting yeah. to stack up. I think the airport I'm, workers are getting a little rowdy too. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I, w- I was gonna, I was going to become a UPS driver, but that ended pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, and I am DGA, which and that that ended pretty. That negotiation went pretty quickly. They buckle um, quick. That DGA. Yeah. They just yeah. they consider themselves management. They don't want to argue with it. You know, they're like oh, these guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, we're here to talk about you, Chris. How are you, yeah. sir? How's how are you? How I mean. There is such a deep dive to so much to talk to you about because yeah. the 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 puzzles are so amazing. The your your work um, prior to this kind of new initiative with the UAP stuff, we could spend a long time on. I I, I love magic. I love the history of magic. I'm so fascinated just by the by the process. Um, so I guess my first my first question for you is just like so. If I want my child to do magic, what characteristics should I be looking for? What are the what are the qualifi- <laughs> what are the qualifications yeah, to prepare what leads them one? for this, <laughs> you'll know. For this life? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, itself. oh that kid's gonna be a magician. Yeah. That's, yeah. You'll yeah. say it, you'll you'll say it a little with, with like a sigh of uh desperation as well. It's it's not Oh shit. Yeah, it was it was a magician or a pirate. I chose uh, the former. So Mm-hmm. What were you like? Yeah. What were you like as a child? Like, what was your inspiration? I mean, were you super? Were you like just glued to, uh, you know, the, when that when Copperfield would be on, or what was like? What was the inspiration yeah. for you? I think all of that. I, you know, I often say I never really fell out of magic. Like, I was, 
shown magic at a young age from my grandfather, watched it on TV, was always interested, never wasn't. I thought it was like being a spy kind of, right? It was, it was just cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so just I really, really started like turning on the gears, though, after high school. Mm-hmm. So I started bartending and that's where that's where I really got my chops in. You know, low lighting, loud music, drunk people, great place to practice your craft and you know, so Good did that for a few years yeah. and then just yeah, then just took off. But as a kid I was always curious on how things worked. I was I, I've you know, which is probably the reason um I'm so fascinated with like the mysteries of, you know, the UAP phenomenon and everything else. And uh wait, can you say can you say UAP phenomenon or is that like a I think, uh, yeah, it's a, it, yeah, it's a repetition of phenomena, I guess. <laughs> it's phenomena, uh, phenomena. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah. And, you know, Unsolved Mysteries as a kid was, was um, I, I think, shaped a lot of how I thought about um, these realms and stuff. Because I was like, oh, they made a show about this. It must be real. Like, that was my mm-hmm. conclusion as a child. I was like, this seems, this guy's very serious. It's very serious music. Uh, so I better yeah. believe this, you know, and yeah. all everything. Yeah. And that was Robert, Robert Stack. Was yeah. it Robert Stack, the host of the original? Yeah. A very yeah. serious yeah. man. Oh, yeah. great uh, voice. Um, yeah. yeah. And generally, generationally, we, I'm probably, probably a little older because for me, it was in search of with Leonard Nimoy. Right. Was yes. the, mm-hmm. And they had a, a Bigfoot episode that scared me to death um, <laughs> and was like, Forever in my brain it was like that. I just remember he showed up at a cabin. Like they opened the door and Bigfoot was at the door of this cabin in this reenactment, like this terrible costume. But <laughs> I remembered it forever because my grandfather lived in Paoli, Pennsylvania, like very woodsy and had like three acres of empty land. And he, they made us sleep in my brother and I had to sleep in this like guest room with this gigantic window that just looked out on acres of blackness. And I just was always waiting for like Bigfoot to like be at the window or after that search in search of. So it definitely, those, those shows leave a mark. Um, yeah. Fire in the sky question. was another one for me, uh, growing up that really, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Scared the shit out of me. Can we say shit here? Oh, yeah. Fuck, well, yeah, we, uh, fuck yeah. Yes. All right. Good. Good. Nice. Yeah. We yeah, never actually asked. I don't think there's any rules. On, All right. Nice. Uh, we can drink here. We can smoke. Yeah. Go, go, go um, to town. Nice. Yeah. Um, uh, if you if you want if you want to have hookers over, that's fine. Uh, nice. Whatever you All need. Right. Whatever right. you well, need. This podcast going late. Going out. late tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. No. So, so yeah, Fire in the Sky was one. Communion was another, which I watched. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't born. I don't think when that movie came out, but I did watch it afterwards. And those two movies, yeah, scared yeah. the living daylights out of me. My my fur. I mean, my I think my first one was the the British TV series UFO. That was mm. one, and that came on in 1971. Uh, when I was what eight? Yeah, I was eight. Yeah, I, I'm good at math. I can do that. Yeah, um, sure. yeah. You're older than me and, too. And it and it was uh and that was my first. That was the first thing that got me uh, aware of UFOs. Um, they, they were pretty good back in the day at documenting and you know creating these. Uh, like I, I was surprised looking back now at these vintage docs and shows that there, there was a lot of information there like it there wasn't some great uh, ones yeah. yeah well there was that great there's the great um one that was actually funded by the cia that was uh right, narrated yeah. by uh rod serling yeah and and also oh, right. uh rod Serling, a bunch of people like uh god god uh the famous cyrano the actor played cyrano and the penguin um blanking on everyone's names burgess meredith was also one of the hosts of it uh, yeah and uh was burgess meredith cyrano no, no, the other one. Um, 
Because yeah, I want, famous, I want to famous, see that act, one. famous Cyrano from I got the you, film got you. version. Um, I'm with you. Jose Ferrar. Oh right. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense than but, yeah, Mickey that, from Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, which was a, a great uh, dog hunt. But uh, that's the thing. So you, so you had like a childhood interest along with magic. Was you yeah. were already interested in uh, UFO subject yeah. or paranormal in general? Maybe with a... um, not so much ghost ever. As a kid, my uh, you know I'd hear like these stories and stuff. Um, you know, I, uh, I grew up in Germany as well. Like I lived in Germany for a little while in a small town. So a lot of ghost stories and stuff So mm-hmm. as a kid, but like, as I grew older, um, I kind of, yeah, just the whole ghost thing never really stuck with me for some reason. Um, maybe because I just feel like there could be a better explanation for it. Whereas with UFOs, I, a lot of times I just don't think there's a better explanation yeah um, and that's what makes me more curious about it i think mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah so but the, but but that so that was a a an interest in youth going through, yeah like yeah as always ha- always has been yeah. um but Did never have- never anything never anything serious just like kind of like i was like oh I, I i never commit to anything so yeah but now you've made a big uh with the area of uh, the area 51 you're not necessarily dealing with ufos at this point yeah is that mm-hmm. planned for the future it, it definitely is. Um, there are stories that I want to cover. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on storytelling. I love telling stories through, you know, this medium that is YouTube and using the tools that we have today to be as creative as I can while still being informative and doing something I'm passionate about. So, you know, for me, a lot of the stories are where it's at. So whether it's yeah. uh, Benny and Barney Hill um, you know, or I mean, any the Roswell incident, all these, or the Rendlesham forest incident, um, all these are really fascinating stories. I'd love to know more about. And Hey, if I can go there and see it for myself, feet on the ground and who knows what I might stumble across the, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. And it, probably nothing, but yeah. in the event, I think it would be pretty cool. Now, there's you- something, there's a great, um, there's just there's a phrase in my head that I heard recently, which is recursive unsolvability, right? Uh, which I guess sort of, I think it might have been from this recent Grush interview, um, mm. but it's this. I was going to say it's so fun watching you watch magic, you know, and hearing mm. what you're seeing, and you know, and there is a real natural fit. It feels to me from you seeing maybe what everyone else isn't seeing or being a kind of, we talk a lot about pilots and trained observers, right? And there's just a certain, you know, training and observation that I think magic is, you know, it is naturally is a sort of, it's like, how will this be observed? How do I observe? How do I see these tricks? Um, And so, because I'm reminded of Houdini, right? Who went kind of went after mediums. Um, But I know you're not going after this. I know you want to know, but there's a cognitive dissonance kind of like you want to know, right? But you're really good at seeing the the flash, whatever, you know, just seeing. So I I find that a high level of awareness of artifice, I think would. Yeah. So tell Um, me how you tell me how you look at this stuff. You know, tell me how you look at the images that might be on Twitter or whatever. Like, how do you discern um, Um, what you want to follow and what's bullshit? I don't think I look at it as critically as I I probably should. I'm a fan of the anomalous, right? So I'm I'm biased right off the bat. And if I see something that looks cool, um, 
you know, if you want to compare it to magic, uh, I love, I love knowing how tricks work. I, um, but what I love more is, you know, not necessarily seeing how they work, but seeing how they work from the, the different angles and different perspectives, how the spectator sees it, how, and so I'm really fascinated with, with that exchange. Now, this for me, like seeing a UFO is akin to a magic trick. I can't explain. Mm-hmm. Um, so it bugs me and it's, and it, and it, and it's like, oh, this, okay, well, there's no wires, there are no magnets, there are no, you know, what, what are we left with? And, and that's, you know, that's where I'm at. So then I start, you know, searching in, in that direction and find all sorts of answers, which, you know, we're all yeah. trying to get to the bottom of, but yeah. Now it's, it's fairly common to people that start taking uh, UFOs or UAP seriously, uh, tend to start wandering into other, re- other areas. Yeah, of things that seem um, outlandish and unexplained or out of the norm, and this floodgates. Yeah. Now, with that, was that kind of the path that got you into studying uh, remote viewing? I would say uh, remote viewing. I've heard about for a long time. I don't remember if it was an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. I know they, I think they did one, but there was an old might've been an old CBS program at one point that, um, that talked about like psychic spies or had one on. It might've been Joe McMonagall actually. Um, and I remember, I remember thinking to myself like, Oh, there are people out there who can do this. Like as a, as a, as a young kid. Um, so that kind of always stuck with me. So when I, when I started scratching at the surface and noticing a lot of commonalities between the people who work in the UFO space are also kind of linked to the people who work in, you know, these spaces and, all these other secret government organizations. And, uh, you know, so then finding out it was declassified, uh, what was it? 2017. Um, I mean, that just, that's crazy that they just give that away. Um, I was like, why isn't everyone looking at the CIA files? Like, why aren't we just all digging? I know there's 12 million pages, but I mean, let's do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you start stumbling across these wild things. And that's where I just kind of got hooked. Cause I'm like, okay, there's, they might not be so, mutually exclusive they mm-hmm. might have commonalities you know well there's certainly the commonality of people being just convinced without any without really looking at any of the evidence that it's all bullshit yeah like that's right. just the, the common point the standard point of view is remote viewing is bullshit mm-hmm. um but most people who will tell you that haven't looked yeah. at any of the the uh have certainly haven't done any of the research you did and for right. your for uh for area 52 yeah uh, or um looked at what you know stanford has you know did with uh you know uh yeah the, and what I mean, doing. the work dr may did uh dr edwin may who was the uh director of physics like the chief scientist for sri for uh a period of time he continued the studies on remote viewing long after and still to this day uh, but he's amassed, you know, um, 30 years of data on four individuals. So it's four individuals who come in regularly to do remote viewings or remotely, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which is not too inconvenient for them, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. They were but, way know, ahead of Zoom. Way ahead yeah, of Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm working from um, home today, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. And, you know, he did that for, for 30 years. So I was like... He's got all this data and then has a way of looking at the data as well. So he had to come up with his own, um, what, what was it called? A, a scientific oversight committee of 12 scientists, uh, leading scientists and psychologists uh, 
um, in the field. It, you know, you had um, Dr. Schwartz, who was like nominated for uh, inventing the particle beam. Um, so all of these, you know, uh, the guy who did the uh, Stanford um, prison experiment, he was involved. So you had 12, like the top scientists in the country, uh, basically paid to be skeptical. And when is, um, when is, what time frame are we talking about here? Uh, I think this is uh, early 70s. So 70, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, 72 or 73 for okay. 20 years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, you know, it's, that's a, that's a long time. And I know it's not a lot of money when you think about, you know, $20 million, million dollars a year for the government. That's, that's, that's not that much yeah. money. It was a lot more, that. it was more in the seventies. Right. That's, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're buying pilot helmets now for $700,000. You know what I mean? So there's, yeah. there's, there's still like quite a bit of money going into the government. So, um, it just didn't cost them much, but they were funding it for 20 years. So that's alone you know, um, should tell you something. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, and one of the things you, like you brought up in, uh, um, in your, in your, uh, the, your reporting the was that, yes. that they had like 19, uh, intelligence organizations. That's right. Uh, 17 brought, of them returned, returned after getting results. So yeah. that's up a to, pretty good return. Up to 505 it? individual missions. Yeah. So they return multiple times per mission. Like they've, they were, uh, was it the, I want to say the D was it the DIA No, the joint task force and the DIA both had like 140 plus, uh, missions. And, uh, you know, part of that was intercepting drug boats on the coast, uh, uh, you know, with the joint task force and telling them, Hey, in two weeks time, where can we intercept these people? And they would, and they came back because because it worked, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's so, it's that's hard. So it's hard. To, it's crazy. That's, that, so it's, crazy. that's the other thing. It's like it's it's very difficult because in remote viewing, there are some things that are unverifiable in the government. Those cases are all classified still, although they declassified a lot of the studies. And lot, but those like five hundred five cases, ninety nine percent of them are classified. Mm-hmm. You won't know the results, and uh, the viewer didn't know the results either. Most of the time, they were held blind to it entirely because they didn't want them to be affected in the remote viewing. So very rarely would they know. I didn't realize that there was, uh, I mean, I, I, there's a incredible book called psychic warrior. I don't know if you've, uh, the Mm. more David Morehouse, um, was a, uh, it's a very compelling, very compelling read, um, about, uh, remote viewer for the CIA, uh, reportedly true story. He has done a lot of, he does a lot of seminars, um, it was a little disappointing because I was so into this book. I mean, I was like looking for the rights to this book. I was like, we got, this is the fucking coolest story because they were coming after him. There was a lot of drama and sort of thriller aspects to this. Wow. Um, he had worked in Afghanistan in a place called Baten El Ghul and it had been injured. And then was in any event, um, when we ended up going to the seminar, it was, it was a little like, okay, pay your money and then come for the weekend. And then, and then I was like, oh, okay, I know I'm not going to, but it, it fascinated me. I didn't realize there were t- I didn't realize there was the future involved. I mean, I understood it was like, I'm going out psychic and I'm looking, you know, but I didn't quite realize that there were future events involved. Um, Tell me what in your mind is, what's the case or cases that just resonate the most with you that seem to just defy your, any explanation as far as remote viewing goes or what really like grips you, the stories that you've heard that are like, okay, I don't, 
I don't know what to say about this. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's a few, um, you know, I read, uh, Ed Dames's book. I forget the name of it. Um, major Ed Dames worked in the program. And then also Joseph McMonagle put out, uh, memoirs of a psychic spy, mm. uh, project Stargate, which was a great read. And, you know, that. yeah, hearing their, hearing their stories, uh, is again, it's just, you know, I hear these things and I, I'm constantly fighting. You can, you can probably hear it in my voice. Like I'm, there's part of me that just wants to go all in on this. There's part of me that has to remain skeptical, has to, because until you can give me everything you have on it, you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't know where that leaves me, but the things that I've heard that have convinced me or at least polarized me in that direction. Um, there's a case with Joe McMonagall where he had to find uh, this agent, um, the department is classified, so he couldn't tell me the department who did this. But this agent hid in three different places, and they wanted him to find the agent. And the first place he hid in, and, and all of these are, are public, by the way. You can go get them in the CIA website, in the archive. I've printed them out. Um, he, got, uh, he has perfect matches, three for three, on the exact locations of these people, of this agent. Uh, one being in a field of, actually, do I have this here? Uh, oh, here we go. So here's, here's actually one of them. This nice is, access. Like, yeah, that. right. <laughs> Very convenient. <laughs> right on my the internet. Love it. Um, so here's one drawing he did depicting what this agent was working on. Cause he was asked, uh, to, to describe what he was working on afterwards. And if you have a look at like, this was like a horn shaped thing. And there's his drawing right underneath. Hold and it up a it, little closer to camera. Oh, oh, let me, let me get the focus in. Here we go. That helps. <laughs> so it's, he, it's there's like a wavefront microwave emitter that he described. He even described the, the radius of it or the, uh, whatever, whatever you call that, like the direction of it, uh, with the angles, the degrees and everything else. Um, and he was dead on. And we're looking at a CIA file. Like, what is what's the source? Uh, this this particular one is from his book, I believe. But these are available on the CIA website. These these here, they will not show you this. Right. Mm -hmm. okay. These these are these are from him. I got you. Right. But they have the drawings. Yes, um, you have the drawings, and then uh, yeah, there was like windmills, wind turbines that, uh, this person was standing in. And Dr. May explained to me that it has a lot to do with entropy. Entropy is a big factor, uh, in the accuracy of remote viewing. Uh, the more entropic something is, the more they pick up on it. Um, mm -hmm. it's almost like a, like a moth to a light. And so when something's going through a lot of change, they've done rigorous tests where they've taken, um, they take like dry ice somewhere, liquid nitrogen and go to a location, just pour liquid nitrogen and then they'll get better results from the remote viewers. So the more disorder, the better. As, I think, uh, yeah. And there's like a lot of theory on this, but yeah. I think it has something to do with the fact that we are hardwired to, um, to see change. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for instance, if you listen to the same sound and have this red light glaring in your, in your eye with some ping pong balls on. You're going to see black and you're not going to hear anything after mm -hmm. an hour. You're going to fall yeah. into like a, right. a weird state of mind. Yeah. And or even, or, or even nose, nose blindness that people, right. You, you know, you become, you, you, 
becoming capable of sensing smells in your own home. Eventually, exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and so teenage like, son, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah that, and that's that's part of it is uh is you know uh, reacting to sort of ch and, and noticing changes so if something is entropic in nature it makes sense that we would pick up on that above anything else if anything right mm -hmm. um so yeah they've done you know all sorts of tests they've tested it in a submarine uh because the there was a, a russian in the 70s who wrote a paper on he thought it was a frequency and they're like, interesting work. Let's measure it. Uh, they went into a submarine where no frequencies had any access and we're still able to get uh, very good results in remote viewing. So determine that it was not a frequency, in fact. Mm -hmm. so do we know was, if this work continues in the government? I mean, I assume probably it does. Do, do we know? I mean, has your invest research led you to any conclusions on that? I can I can say that I've heard it from a good source that it is. I cannot confirm uh, any of that, but um, I, w I would, I have no reason to believe why it wouldn't like for something that's cheap uh, and easy to replicate and, and, and sort of uh, at least, I mean, as a defense mechanism, uh, which is why they use it in the first place, right. Was to defend against Russia. So I think, mm -hmm. I think at least that, like, it's not costing you much. You might as well do it. Even if it's like 50, 50, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, you're getting a pretty good return on investment. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, if you get if you're getting any results, what a cool job! Yeah, sign me up. I, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm like, that's my next question, which is like, can anyone do it? Is there, well, you know, is there a, what's what's the um, are there any signs that you should look for in your in your background or in your you know mental yeah. faculties that yeah. that lean one way or another? I mean, have you what 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 have you what have you learned on that front? Um, they've tested, so when they test initially, they tested 600 people, but it was a select number of people, including like Mensa members. Um, so like geniuses and, uh, alumni and people from the Navy and all sorts of, uh, different people. And they found that 1% of those, uh, had above average or, or what they would quantify as like, yeah, you're like legitimately have psychic ability. Uh, that doesn't mean that you and I don't. It simply means that they might have it more. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, the three of us could try out for the NBA, but as hard as we work, and really, we could work, like, just devote everything to it for the rest of our lives. It's never going to happen. Uh, you know, at this at this point, sorry to say, fellas, you're not going to the I NBA. rule out Dave. I mean, <laughs> he's a de you he's, know, determined he's fellow. Still got, he's still got the dream. He's got the dream. I don't, don't. Disappointing. Um, well, you yeah. yourself, uh, prior to launching uh, uh, Area Fifty Two, you spent a year yeah. training yeah. to do uh, remote viewing with your with your friend. You have your you have your very old friend who had who had actually been uh, yes. Nelson Dallas. Yeah, who had been sort of recruited for yeah. a remote viewing project. Yeah, that's how I got interested in it. It was uh, he was uh approached by someone on a facebook group a memory group he's a memory champion five-time u.s memory champ um and they wanted to see uh this group wanted to see if they could teach him how to remote view maybe he would make for a better remote viewer due to his you know uh, so uh imaginary re or like he could he can imagine things right you have to picture things uh but the problem with remote viewing too that's the other thing is that uh having innately good memory isn't good for remote viewing uh training memory is fine because it's that's something you can you have to like commit to remembering 
But, uh, you know, there are some people who just have like this crazy memory and that is actually uh, bad uh, if it's if it's natural uh, because you're getting overlays of imagination and your neurons are connecting to other ideas and and all this. So. Um, so, yeah, he, he got picked up and he had some amazing results. You know, talk to me about it. I was already in. And then I started doing it with him through his training. And after a few sessions, I was like, yeah, oh, this is crazy. How is this this accurate already? And. I'm well aware of confirmation bias. Um, and, you know, that's why I, I give myself a score on these things. I'm like, okay, maybe a five out of 10, which I think is, you know, anything above five. That's pretty should good. Be looked at, right. Yeah. Um, what were you looking at? It, what were you training? Uh, so this, uh, so the first ones were like, yeah, it was like that volcano one I got. Um, and everything I wrote down, there wasn't one thing that wasn't really, I wrote sulfuric, sharp, uh, echoing, uh, rock, red cliff. Um, you know, I had all these, uh, mountain, uh, um, you know, so I had all the, a uh, hot, I had all these adjectives that, that were dead on. And then I drew something, you know, if, I don't know what the hell it was, but honestly, like, you know, I could be like, okay, it's obviously not a penguin. It's some type of landscape. So I was like, okay, I was in the vicinity and I'm getting these things. And this could have been a bumblebee playing soccer like you know what i mean it, it could yeah. have been a billion things so that's where i was like okay maybe there is something here and then you keep trying to like prove yourself wrong you keep doing it and you're like no this has got to this has got to turn bad sometime and it does but then you'll get three really good sessions in a row you're like that's mathematically not you know <laughs> so what are your plans with debriefed? Are you going into the, you're going into the field? What's some of the stuff you're excited to do? What's your dream? You mentioned one or two cases, um, at the beginning. There, like there is something that I'm looking into that I've been looking into for the past, like six months, uh, which is pretty insane. Like the, I've always, somebody told me this once that like, the more you talk, the more, the crazier you sound, right? Like the, the person who talks the most, it sounds the craziest, right? But I'm that guy. I'm always mm-hmm. that guy. I'm like, no, listen, listen to this one. Um, I read a book called Journey of Souls by Michael Newton as a doctor in uh, hip, uh, hypnotherapist. Um, and he does. So he it's it's a weird story because he, he would do regression therapy uh, for a lot of cases just to get you, you know, uh, to find your trauma when you were younger. And then he had, you know, people ask him, can you do past life stuff? You know, because there's people out there doing past life stuff. And he's never interested. He was a skeptic. He said, I don't want to, you know, I don't do any of that woo-woo stuff. And and then one person said, you know, just please, uh, my neck hurts. Maybe we can find the pain. Went back, you know, long story short, uh, he was apparently shot in the neck with an arrow or something. Anyways, uh, session ends. Guy doesn't, he's not hurting anymore, according to the guy. Mm-hmm. So the doctor being a doctor says, well, let's clarify. This was shot by an arrow in a past life, in a past life. Yeah. Not during the session. Otherwise it'd be pretty easy to notice. Yeah, You don't have to be a doctor. Yeah. To figure that one out. Yeah. Uh, no, indeed a past life uh, back when before bullets. And, um, and so he said, you know what, if this actually did cure his pain, let's say his pain was psychosomatic or, or caused by his own brain maybe then there's something to this where I go into a past life and fix people's problems. And if it works, it works. Right. So he starts doing this, uh, this stuff. He does a lot. And then eventually he asks a question, uh, but he didn't phrase it correctly, I guess. And it led him somewhere else. And this is where, this is where everything really gets weird. He, you know, he says, go to a place that makes you happy. 
uh, unbeknownst to Dr. Newton, that place was a spirit realm. He's in between lives. So he goes, huh, mm-hmm. interesting. Um, tell me more about this place. He does this and does does over, is it 7,000 cases over the years of LBLs, life between life, mm-hmm. all over the world. And these people okay. are reporting the same things, like specifically, like like rooms they're in and like they're mapping it out. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm enthralled in this book. I'm really, really sucked in because, you know, as, as someone who loves fiction, I mean, this book is amazing. And if it's fact, then it's even, even more amazing. But at the end of it, because he goes through like 42 sessions or 44 sessions of different people. That's the, all the book is, is just back and forth sessions. And at the end, I'm like, well, this has got to be total bullshit. Um, I'm all over Reddit. Like, who's this guy? He's a fraud, right? Trying to figure it out. And I couldn't find anything. What I found were people on Reddit saying, I thought he was a fraud. So I went and booked my own session and filmed six hours of it and then wrote a book about it because it changed my life. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) This is insane. So I can't find anything against this person. I then called the director of the Michael Newton Institute, uh, Paul Anon, I think his name is, and spoke with him. He's done over 2000 cases himself. And now we're sort of, getting into the process of I'm going to, you know, try and figure this out myself. And Are these all LBL yeah. cases as you describe? Yes. Okay. So not, not reincarnation at this point per se, but, but they, they get into it. Slip uh, in so between the regression, cracks. reincarnation, and then they go LBL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of how it's like three sessions and then you're in. Have you, um, look, Sounds we had this crazy. wild conversation with Paul Hynek. Uh, J. Allen Hynek's mm. son, who was talking to us about DMT, and we've talked a lot mm. about DMT and these very um, kind of ubiquitous uh, entities that are met sort of the, uh, you know, during these uh, experiences. And I was just curious, like a lot of these types of phenomenon seem to converge at various places with uh, kind of inexplicably, but I'm wondering... Uh, I'm wondering if you know, like, have looked into any of that stuff at all, or if there's any similarity between these LBL experiences and what people report back from these DMT things, where they're talking to their sort of angels or the elders or these, this. Um... Um, yeah, there. I, I suppose you can make that connection. Uh, there, there. So in in the book, in uh, the book, I think I believe is free on Audible. Uh, so if your listeners want it, it's Journey of Souls. Terrible. You said right. Fair warning, it'll fuck you up. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I gave this to my brother. My older brother's like, uh, he's working a loader, and I'm like, you know, he's like, give me something to listen to. I was like, <laughs> you're not ready for this. And he's yeah. like, just, just let me. And he calls me back like four days later and goes, hey man, everything's different now. And I'm like, I know, it's kind of weird. So mm-hmm. be prepared for that. But uh, yes, there are um, spirit guides apparently, uh, according to according to uh, these LBLs. And there are those guides have guides and so on and so forth. And this is also echoed through ancient uh, religion as well, which is really interesting. There's a lot of ties there. Um, and there's ties, you know, to, they answer everything. He kind of answers everything, which is really weird. Um, you kind of get an answer for everything. The extraterrestrials, ghosts, everything. Uh, he goes into detail about it all kind of casually. It's quite alarming. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, are, what would you be able to tell us what some of the, uh, what their, what their answers are regarding extraterrestrials? Like, yeah. So, okay. So like, I mean, in a nutshell, uh, you, you, uh, it'll do you better to listen to the book, but in, in a nutshell, yeah, yeah. we're basically, uh, so we have all these, these lives, these thousands of lives or whatever we have, or these hundreds of thousands of lives or whatever. And we're sent to, we get to pick where we go. We have free mm-hmm. will in this place. And when we pick where we go, you're not jumping around to other planets. You go to one, one place because uh, he had a case and he describes in the book where somebody picked a different planet and was unhappy because they didn't have like facial uh, features and, and he missed like smiling, like his soul couldn't laugh. And like there was, so he really didn't like it. So he went back to, to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it sounds wild, but we have yeah. all these. Apparently, we have all these uh, these these different planets to go to, and you can just pick and choose wherever you want to go, and that's where you're going. And some planets are harder to live on than others. Some of them some of them are denser, like ours. Some of them are even more denser, more dense than ours. And then there's uh, you know uh, this one's emotionally hard to live through, mentally, physically, everything. So it's like an actual challenge. And the whole goal is to just learn lessons. Mm-hmm. And you're taught these lessons between lives and you're meant to sort of solve them during your life. And if you don't, you'll solve them in the next one. But, but there are signs and there are everything else that you know about prior. Yeah. It's well, like I said, yeah. the more I talk about this, the wilder no. it sounds. Well, I, 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 I once Dave like got your... me into this podcast shit, it, nothing shocks <laughs> me. I'm fine. Yeah. Like it's, you know, I've just begun to be that guy at the party that we've talked about yeah. where I'm like, I'm like, have I said too much where I just have to warn people in advance of like, Oh yeah, <laughs> well, I'm doing, you... a, doing a UAP podcast. You know, I was like, how much do you want? Like, what do you want? Yeah. You want like 10%? You want, <laughs> What's your you level? want 15%? Yeah. Cause it's shit's getting <laughs> it's... weird. Well, you know, you you go until you see the glassy-eyed stare. I, um, yeah. I, I usually yeah. go way past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That well, that's it's interesting because I, I kind of had like a similar experience with reading Leslie Kane's book about surviving death. Yeah, you know, and it's again we talk about this thing that that once you sort of engage in in the phenomena, then you you get drawn into all these other areas. Um, and so reading Leslie Kane's book, which dealt a lot with uh, reincarnation, uh, near-death experiences, uh, mediumship, and uh, and I and it was only as a, as a lifelong atheist who believes we have no souls and that when the brain when the brain shuts down, that's it, you know, yep. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm, you know, you know, maybe maybe it's a product of just being sixty and not wanting that to be the truth, but sure. it but it does seem like there's just too much evidence for something about consciousness that exists outside of our individual brain and outside yeah. of our, our skulls at least. And so even if it's, I still don't know, maybe, maybe it all shuts down when the brain finally does die entirely, but. Right. I, but it, you know, I, I don't have the answer, but apparently these 7,000 people all shared the same answer, uh, yeah. which that's the only thing that, that bugs me about everything. Cause I'm, I I've gone through an atheistic phase. I've been, I've, I was, you know, brought up religious, uh, in a Catholic household. Um, and then went to the other side. Now I'm kind of like, I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm not, you know, I'm not someone who has faith, but I'm not someone who's atheist. I'm living in, in kind of the limbo. And I'm just like, give me, give me what you got. Yeah. I you think know? I'm, I think I'm still an atheist, but I'm no, I, but I'm not so much of a, um, material reductionist, materialist reductionist, I guess. Sure. Yep. As I was that I now think there are, uh, aspects of aspects of reality that lie outside of the physical. Yeah. Um, and that, that 
that was not a some uh, uh, a realization that I embraced. I is, rejected did, it most of my life. So did the uh, transdimensional uh, craft and, and the talk of these transdimensional beings like that Grush mentioned and everything else, does that, did that sort of help you think that way where you're like, Oh, okay. There, there is possibly other dimensions that we're dealing with. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is even with, with dimensions, if we're talking about higher dimensions, you can still fit that into a, um, a materialist view of the universe. Sure. That these, these dimensions are just dimensions that we're not, uh, aware of or capable mm -hmm. of perceiving, but they are, they could still be just simply physical realities. Um, sure. and I think, um, I guess for me, it's more, uh, whether, but maybe it's the DMT experiences that people describe or, mm. um, or, or just the, uh, the interactions with consciousness that people have with when they're dealing with UAP. Um, yeah. you know, so, so all of that just sort of made me think, well, all right, there's, there's, there are realms of reality that aren't contained in our bodies and brains. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure everything is explainable. Uh, even, even the most, you know, spiritualistic, you know, go to the far ends of whatever religion, I'm sure everything is still explainable scientifically, maybe not just yet. Uh, but I, I believe, I believe we'll get there in a thousand years or whatever it'll take. But, you know, there's gotta be things that we just we just will never comprehend. That's a scary thought to yeah uh, to think about. But I I, um, I I tell myself like, okay, I believe that there was no beginning or end of the universe. I don't believe that there's a beginning uh, because before the Big Bang, what is there? You can't say nothing, nothing, something. So it, mm -hmm. there has to be something. Um, and so in my head, I just believe that there's no beginning. And when your head tries to wrap around that idea of, oh, it never started. Mm-hmm. Like you glitch out for a second. You're like, wait. And I think that's, that tells me that there are things that my brain literally can't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to understand this idea of there is no beginning and I just can't wrap my head around it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I know that even, there are things that I don't get. And even when I hear physicists talk and, and generally uh, I, I, I love hearing physicists talk and I'm usually completely uh, lost within a few minutes. But, yeah. you know, you hear people talking about how basically there is beyond the Big Bang, beyond that that point of the Big Bang, that there is essentially a reverse light cone that was a previous state of the universe. So, that, yeah, even they are saying there's maybe no beginning to the right. universe, that it's kind of, a, I guess, a recurring event. Universes yeah. seem to uh, have almost a wavelength to them. It's um, just impossible to even imagine. Like, I mean, yeah. you can only, you can only uh, put it down in numbers for it to make sense. Like yeah. that's the only yeah, thing. It's a, it's a theory that that's like kind of sounds good, but I think Chris, to your point, honestly, it just doesn't, there, there's no sense to it. There's the, like nothing, how does yeah. nothing, you know, exist? Nothing is still something. And we're, you know, we're dealing yeah. with a universe that's 95% something we can't see or detect or feel or yeah. hear. Uh, and I find and and dark mass, but dark dark matter, but dark energy too. I mean, there's just there is so much invisible to us that has density or that has gravity at least that is you know impacting the the shape of galaxies. So and we have no concept of how to access it. And I think you mentioned Grush and my my personal kind of spiritual ontological shock is you know going from a kind of vaguely vaguely spiritual, vaguely religious kind of, you know, sort of 
comforted when I need to sort of hope right. and imagine there's something else out there to through this, these wonderful conversations starting to go like, shit, man, it might be way more crowded than I'm prepared to even contemplate. And what our minds can't wrap around is this idea of proximity and total invisibility of something that might be, uh, you know, multi-species, multi-dimensional. That is the that idea seems to have the most traction for me. And it seems to be the one that has kind of overtaken extraterrestrial, which is mm. now kind of seems like a, you know, a clumsy mode of travel or a, or a, some like, really, they're going to come all the way to the small corner of the universe. Um, whereas it just could be all happening around us. And the idea that we can't perceive sure. it is both how huh, thrilling terrifying, um, you know, and where so many of these kind of arrows all meet, you know, whether it's, it's these, this, the LBLs that you described or the, um, or the stuff that the DMT experiences and these, it, it, and, and even the UAP phenomenon are seems to be speaking to the remote viewing yeah, as well. It's like, it's yeah. just, they're starting to, yeah. we're just starting to feel the kind of grooves and, and contours of something else that we are just trying, you know, that some of us can see, we experience here and there, but like gradually this disparate phenomenon seems to be converging at. And before I forget, there's, yeah, this, this is the book that also is like, you can share with your brother, I guess, which is, uh, alien, what is it? It's alien information theory, um, which was, nice. which is Andrew Gallimore, <laughs> psychedelic drug technologies and the cosmic game. And this will definitely blow your mind. Um, it gets a little numbersy, but mm. it just starts with ones and zeros in our brain and takes you all the way through the DMT experiences that people describe. And it really uh, is intense yeah. um, and makes you uh, kind of makes you ponder all this stuff. What? Tell me your kind of David Grush, you know, the hearings. What did that? What did you make of it? What did you think? Uh, um, I thought, I thought it was, uh, a really cool moment in history. Um, uh, for people who cared, I thought it was really, uh, for people who didn't care, it really didn't matter to them even to this day as, as wild as that is. Uh, but there are people who cared and to, to those people like myself, it really mattered. And I thought that was great. And so I hope, you know, through this process, you know, most people don't understand even after seeing the news of like a whistleblower don't understand that he's the first whistleblower. Like that is, it's the first of many it's, it's, there's going to be more, you know? And so it makes me hopeful. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I struggle, I try to play devil's advocate for everything. And, you know, if, if, if I was in a position, like I, you know, if, if someone came up to you and said, you work for these people, you're doing these things, or you're seeing these craft, and we're retrieving them and all this. And, you know, they flat out told you, yeah, we're going to kill your family. If you say anything like, you know, like, let's say someone told you that I wouldn't say a word. I wouldn't say a word. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll take it to my grave, right. And so for someone to go through the steps, knowing that, you know what I mean? And, and playing that game is like, wow, you like, you're really taking a, 
you might be taking a bullet. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're actually this, this martyr, like almost like right now mm-hmm. where in, in this, you know, cause what he's saying is very serious. There's, you know, harm come to people and, and potentially to himself. And yeah. that is, uh, you know, if you told me that, if I were, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to say anything ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely there's, there's a history of people becoming oddly clumsy near open windows. Right. Uh, yeah. Who have to have come yeah. forward, who have tried to talk about the, uh, yeah, it was a suicide to the back of the head. You're like, well, yeah. And, yeah. you know, or, you know, or conveniently timed heart attacks and things yeah. like that. So, you know, there's definitely reason, reason to be fearful. I think on Grush's part, definitely. Yeah. yeah. If, if what he's saying is true, absolutely. You need to be fearful. Yeah. Right? And that, that, who made this point? I think, was it uh, Cuomo made this point once? Or I, I don't know who made this point, but it was, it was so good. I said, well, either he's telling the truth and this is so serious or he's lying and you have a crazy person working for the government. And yeah. that's also serious. Yeah. Well, I think even uh, Marco Rubio said that. It said, was Marco Rubio. Yeah. Yeah, said, well, yeah. We, yeah. We have this problem. We have that all of these people, in really important positions within our government, yeah, that are, are insane. they're insane, <laughs> and we should probably we should probably have some sort of a mechanism yeah. for yeah. Uh, and I also agree with that. People. If like, please, please make sure they're not insane, and if they are, please, yes, let's let's also deal with that. You know, um, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, a, but mean, the, the idea, but ignoring the whole issue, that's wild. Makes no sense. Like that, is, makes no you sense. know, the thing that always gets me is the, the fact that our and I hate using it again. I hate using the term mainstream media because it you know. Yeah makes me feel creepy um and uh uh but the the fact that mainstream media can't even pick up on that angle that either that one of these realities is going on yeah either something really crazy is actually happening or a lot of really crazy people are in really important jobs right and he's Uh, uh, still active if i'm not mistaken isn't he grush no he's retired oh he's retired now he is he retired right uh shortly before um I guess just a few months before he did before, the uh, uh, before he did the, uh, the Ross before Cole last article, year, right? Before the debrief article came out, uh. yeah, he retired so that so that he could, um, I guess, pursue it as a as a private citizen. Yeah, because you don't want to go into work Monday morning after something like that. It's awkward. That's yeah. awkward. Yeah, it's yeah. a water cooler talk's gonna yeah, be like, weird. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about the aliens. Yeah, people yeah. being weird. Yeah, should it yeah. open my mouth? I I think of this. Um, again and i think uh, jesse michaels is the guy that interviewed grush in this new kind of at first glance yeah it's i have to say um i was a little worried because i the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eye and eyelid drooping and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications including botulinum toxins as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I didn't think the optics were great. It, and that, that sounds so like it's lame, I know. But I was, I don't know. He's like hanging out in his cargo shorts, talking to this person that I wasn't super... I, I guess maybe it's a generational thing. I was like, shouldn't he, maybe his next I thing be you. on 60 minutes or something. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't know why he's like hiking with the, now this was just my first impression and it was just off of seeing it. In fact, I was like worried. I was like, we did this podcast defending him from these assholes who wrote that article saying that because he had PTSD, he couldn't be trusted. I was yeah. like, fuck you. I don't care what yeah. he said, but I was just like, fuck you. So, but I also like want to believe that what he is saying is true. And yep. I obviously want to, it's very hard to know. Um, I did end up watching it just because I felt I had a duty to, because we've been talking about it so much. And I'm, and I'm curious. And I, and I have to say, it's, you know, he still, he still comes across as, as very, uh, you know, lucid and compelling. And um, yeah. it is, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, was, it was clear, mm-hmm. yeah, consistent. And it was clearly a long-term project with a person that he knew, yeah. sort of a friend of his that had gone yeah. for like a year or more. So there was a little bit more prep around it. I think it was just the initial what impression was, was like, okay, are we getting too glib about this? Like what, like, yeah. doesn't this, I, I hear you. Doesn't this yeah. require slacks at least just where like, I, yeah. I, I turned I like- into my mom, you yeah. know, I'm like, what? like, See, put, something, like I, put something on that, you know, that makes this look more serious, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I like getting more of a sense of his personality and who yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. As, you know, and, and also I thought Jesse, is it Mickles? Michaels? My, How does Mick, it could be, I, I, it's spelled I more Mickles than Michaels, but I was figured Michaels uh, was a safer bet. Yeah. Well, he mispronounced Coltheart's name, so we, we don't have to worry too much. Um, but uh, that I also like the, the, that he, edited in a lot of history about the subject big time that kind of un- that yeah, undergirds i gotta watch it that uh that grush is telling um uh, going but all like the way- all, but also what's on the cutting room floor like that's what i want like what what happened after he, he got a few beers in him or is he still he's sober <laughs> yeah. now actually i yeah, know he's probably, is he, I, yeah, he's probably sober now he but he's doesn't probably, have- he may not be sober, but he sure is. I'm sure he's very careful. He seems like like in this interview, he's yeah. still very careful to not cross the lines mm-hmm. that were. Uh, That's why they're out hiking on a mountain, probably and stuff. It's, like, it is a curious I, you, a guy like that's got to be bugged. You got to like, I mean, you got to as soon as you do that, like, is that you start hearing clicks in your phone? Like, what's the oh, yeah. start finding these things laying around? I can't imagine that existence. Yeah, I can't imagine the. Um, the weird pressure. I, I am sure you know to do his kind of work. You need to be a unique it's personality terrifying. to begin with. Um, he he is very much. Uh, he's like this data machine. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he he's, like, he's so bright. By the way, everything he says is he's so concise and meticulous with the structuring of his sentences. Like in court, he had just the. Or at the, I don't know if it was court Congress, yes, Congress. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he had just the most composed demeanor and he, he hit things like an assassin. He was like, oh, this is this, bop, 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 and dropping every project, letter name, and all these 
you know, crazy facts that he had to pull together uh, in such a high pressure environment, you can tell this guy's dealt with a lot. Like this is yeah, piece of cake. The, the stuff he's dealt with on or off the UFO subject, like is, is, is a lot more than any of us can handle. Like he's a very smart well, person. And, and in that setting, he's dealing with um, one slip that violates his DOPSA uh, pre-approval and he's, he's yeah. Jail. Yeah. And uh, one slip in just in terms of testifying to Congress and he's looking at a per, you know, perjury yep. charge. So it's like, there's so many ways he can end his Liberty in that yeah. setting. And um you know, so it's 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 definitely a lot of people that sort of criticized him after that. It's like I don't think they're realizing, yeah, the kind of pressure he's under. And, you know, definitely. and then yeah, bringing up his medical stuff, which is total total bullshit. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all. That's all wild. Do you guys are you guys familiar with Gary McKinnon? Uh, no, sounds familiar, but guy. who's Gary McKinnon? Yeah. He um, he was kind of like a Snowden. Uh, he uh, the biggest hack in the government ever oh this is the british yeah. hack. yeah mm -hmm. so i have heard about it yeah but go on yeah he no. hacked he hacked nasa because uh, he wanted to know about ufos that was his whole reason for hacking nasa it wasn't anything he's like yeah i wanted to know what they were hiding um and when he hacked in there's several things he saw one was this whole section of photos from satellites of uh, and there's just ufos everywhere that people had to scrub out so there's a whole like section that they have to scrub out before putting it online or whatever. And, this, and, and so he took a screenshot of that. And then the second thing he did, he, he opened this Excel folder that said non-terrestrial non officers. And it had names of officers and their rank and their number and everything down this list. But then he looked for the officers, couldn't find them, couldn't people search them. They, they're non-existent, but there were ranks of officers and what appeared to be ship names. OSS or whatever the, so it was non-terrestrial officers and, and, you know, um, he, I think he mentioned as well, something about this galactic federation, you know, mm -hmm. and then I heard the same thing from, um, I want I don't want to butcher his name, but there was the, the guy in the head of the Israeli, um, uh, a shed, right? a shed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah the general who is yeah. basically ran, uh, the Israeli, space program for 20 yeah, years exactly he he was like their vault uh, Werner von braun of of like uh of israel yeah but less na bad analogy but yeah less yeah. nazi like <laughs> yeah. probably, less, probably the worst analogy slightly less anti-semitic yeah. than Werner von braun yeah exactly yeah. but like uh, in terms of in terms of what he did he he put up 13 satellites you know through his career uh that guy um you're not gary mckinnon uh but both of them spoke about this galactic federation and then they mm -hmm. remote viewed it as well. There's a transcript I have it of remote viewing. The government asked the remote viewers to remote view Galactic. The Galactic. Oh wow. Verbatim, and, and, yeah. and again, there's one of those things we talk we talk sometimes about wh where do you draw the line? I know that's one of those those lines I haven't been able to bring myself to cross yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm such a fan of like Star Wars and Star Trek though. I'm me like, too. This, this has to be true. I know, but it's it's hard for me to to cross that line that the, yeah. the Galactic Federation just because it sounds like such a human construct. Uh, yeah, uh, that I it love exists. It's becoming I, I, so I, arbitrary, right? Like these lines that yeah. we're drawing, you know, I'm just doing it from my last little cliff hole, like the little tiny branch on the thing where I'm just like looking down <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fuck, I'm not doing Galactic Federation. I've done abduction. <laughs> I've done, 
Uh, I do. I, I, I go there, but then I come back and I'm yeah. like, okay. It's like, a tie. It's a tie that comes difference? in and comes out. Yeah. I know because yeah. for example, like the, I was, I was having this sort of grush anxiety, honestly, before I was even looking at this <laughs> new interview, I was like, Oh God, like I was like, Oh, it's all. And then there was this really interesting, uh, article from the Hill. Um, Dave, mm-hmm. I don't even know if you may have even linked it to me. I'm not sure, but it was about, it was about the orb in the O of arrow on its website. And it started right. to deconstruct the metallic orb and its history. And it went back through all of these official, just military reports, just military people, just pilots, just everything that's findable. And it was a yeah. really, really good article. Going back to pre-World War II. Going back II. to the Foo Fighters and going yeah. back to these, you know, um, whatever they called them, the yeah. What was the term they used for and uh, before the Tic Tac? But anyway, let's let's just keep it to Metal Orb, which is ubiquitous around the world. Yeah. They are seeing it everywhere. These military people saw it everywhere, well, and it's yeah. there. And it's really um, even Arrow, which has taken a lot of probably deserved hits for them, kind of just yeah. sitting in the background, like oh, we're not doing, we're yeah, not doing going. anything with everyone's money. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're just well, like Kirk, well, Kirkpatrick. That's the weird thing, and the the, the uh, Kirsten Gillibrand hearing, which was pretty disappointing. Um, but even in that, the most disappointing thing to me was that Kirkpatrick actually shows a video of one of these orbs flying clearly in a way that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at speeds that don't make any sense. Yeah, and no one asked fly. him a question, and nobody asked him a question. <laughs> like Gillibrand, nobody asked him. A question. The press didn't follow up, and he said, "This is an example of something that we find unexplainable." Nice. No further conversation. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. And it was one of these sort of kind of it was almost reassuring to me. It's gotta, that gotta it be a per- probe. It persists. And they talked about a, a, mm. a, a like one theory is the mothership theory, that they're just they're just firing these things out. They're looking around and there is some, you know, big mothership. Even even Arrow's website suggests that's what's going on. So I, I have to say they're playing oh. ball a little bit. Um with uh with that and and then even in the new grush thing which is worth checking out this jesse mickles or michaels what does he does a decent job of putting some stuff together and he just re he didn't reframe it he just kind of reiterated the the uh ubiquity of these uap around the nuclear test sites and just hundreds hundreds of radar operators who are so disincentivized to say shit who are the most like like pilots or magicians radar operators at a nuclear test site need to have like a kind of mental construction that is um unassailable uh, you're not going to they're not going to freak out they're not going to say something that did happen that didn't happen or what like they have they're on the button they're going to press the button <laughs> you got to trust these fucking people and hundreds of them have testified, you know, have have been interviewed and said that like all all around, like you see a map of just every sort of nuclear site that was visited had I mean, issues. They, they talk they talk about that stuff in uh, in old magazines, like from like the seventies and stuff. These <laughs> mm-hmm. I got these ones from this is from those the are 60s. awesome. Look at those; those are great. Yeah, before the lunar landing, they're they're uh, talking about the lunar landing, what it's going to be like on on the moon and stuff. That's uh, so you cool. know, so. But but you have uh, you have people talking about all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Everything that you've seen on video 
is like in old magazines. Yeah. They're 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 all there. All the stuff, all the abduction cases, all the uh like the whole townsfolk getting together and all seeing the same thing, like yeah. these mass sightings that we heard about, you know, in South Africa and, you know, other, I think Australia, you know, those have happened dozens of times, just mm. not on video. And they're, and they're, and they're, those, those stories are out there. And, and, uh, and the weird thing is the existence of those stories is used as a form of debunking. Yeah. Like it's used as like, people will say, well, you know, Grush is just the latest person telling us these stories we've been hearing for decades and decades, as opposed to going, oh, this why guy are they is telling us stories. Yeah, why decades. do we keep hearing these stories? <laughs> and, you know, it's like that old thing where people keep saying, well, there's no way this could be kept a secret. Well, you've got the magazines. It hasn't been kept a secret. It's, it's but, just it's constantly been out there. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. We had a conversation pre podcast with uh, Gary Nolan, and I don't think it. I'm out of my uh I don't think it's violating anything about that conversation. He was talking about the waves that this kind of, you know, the, the waves come in and there's suddenly a lot of interest and the waves kind of roll out. He, like anything else, he equated it. He equated it also to the materials that they're keeping uh, where, you know, whether it's Lockheed Martin or what that they, that the materials would sort of roll out and a bunch of scientists would sort of jump in, try to figure it out. Nobody would figure it out. And they would just roll it back into the garage, you know, and that there were these sort of waves of, um, kind of, uh, you know, interest mm -hmm. and attempts and they would kind of bang on it, look at it, study it, whatever, and then put it back in the garage, um, until, you know, there came another, someone was going to take another shot at it, which, it made sense. And I don't know if it would correlate to the kind of, you know, what we've seen, like interest peaks, interest goes back, sure. interest peaks. And we're certainly in a peak. Um, and I, I go ahead. I think if anything, like we've, I, I, I do, I do believe that we have craft. Like I, I just feel that way. I've always felt that way when you listen to Grush and there's so many other people who, who've also said they've worked on craft throughout the years that have worked at NASA area 51, all these places. Uh, so I, I do believe that we've achieved craft, whether through archaeological digs, like Bob Lazar said, or, or, or otherwise. But I also think that, you know, it's like throwing a Tesla back in the 1500s with 40% battery. Like, they're not going to figure out how it works. They, they have no idea. Yeah. It is alien to them. It is magic. It is. And they would also have mixed feelings about Elon Musk. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he might fit right in it. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So like, and then, but they'd figure out how to drive it. Right. Yeah. Drive so, it. And then, and then yeah. they'd retrofit it. And I, I think that's what we're doing. I think we're, we've got a limited fuel source. I think we're mm -hmm. retrofitting these things. And, uh, for, for personal gain, perhaps, uh, you know, you look at stories of that guy who, who apparently caught some unmarked government officials, uh, smuggling weapons into a UFO in Peru. Um, you, you guys hear about this story? It was, uh, no, so, so he, yeah, this is there's some funky one. shit going on in Peru. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. This yeah. is recently, um, well, we heard, is, is this related to the gold, the supposed illegal gold mining story? No, this is, mm. uh, so are, are you familiar with, um, uh, Stephen Greer? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I don't know how I feel about that guy, but he, brought yeah, a bunch of, he brought a bunch of people on to testify ex-military. Uh, and, and, and people work in air force and all this stuff to just testify. And this was this year and, uh, several people went up and, you know, they said what they did and everything else. And this guy 
he's a Marine through and through you like hoorah. This guy's like, yeah, you see him. He's, he know all the, all the lingo, everything. He's like, we were here 1600 hours. Boom. But he's given all these terms, the, the helicopter, the, the helos over here, all this stuff. And, um, and then, yeah, they encountered, uh, they were there for a rescue mission or just like to help a humanitarian mission. And uh, they wandered off these six guys and they see this thing in the woods and they're like, what is that? Like over the jungle, just hovering this, this giant octagonal dark disc. And so they walk down and see it. And now they're seeing this thing floating and they're seeing containers of guns, everything being loaded up. And these guys who are unmarked, you know, uh, better weapons than the Marines, better everything. He could recognize all the weapons of the vehicles. He's, he knew that they were better geared than they were, but no patches, no names. And they all spoke in American accents. Um, baseball caps and everything turned around safety's off him and his guys with their hands up and they're like, you know, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. Uh, they ended up just unloading all their weapons. They knew exactly where their ID was, uh, took his ID, all this stuff, sent them on their way. They had to sign NDAs. Um, they had all their stuff taken from them, all their phones back then. Um, and this one guy, 14 years later, decided to come out and talk about it. Uh, and he said the whole story and he's like, that's what happened. That's what I saw. And he emailed the five other guys. Only one of them responded with, and they showed the email and it was like, don't ever fucking contact me about this shit again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not worth it. Not worth my career. Not worth my family. Nothing. He's like, drop it. Please don't ever talk to me about this again. That was like the, the end of the email. And so and this guy's shaken up visibly, like by this event, you see him, he's like trembling in his voice. You know, so are they retrofitting these things? Are they using yeah. them? Like, if, if you're government, you have to. If you can fly them, right? What are you doing with them? You, well, you got to be. Yeah. Well, I guess that goes, that's kind of goes back to Bob Lazar's account, which was, he said the same thing that they said that they, they take these things out every 10 years, try to figure them out, fail, and put them away again and hope the science advances. But he also said he, that they were able to, they were able to fly these things at, yeah. at Area 51. So he apparently the, took people to see them, right? To, to yeah. see them mm-hmm. fly the UFO around on Bigelow, on I think was supposed three, to be on three different occasions yeah. and filmed yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so maybe so that's I the, yeah, I, like I think we haven't we, we haven't reversed and my guess is we haven't reversed engineered them enough to be able to build them. That's but, my guess. But yeah. to maybe be able to in a very limited way use them. Yeah. But I but I've kind of but again, one of the things I resist is even a shed story that we have a you know a subterranean Martian base that America you know that is manned manned I guess if you can use that term by both humans and and aliens. Uh, I mean that's the thing like that's that the floodgate thing again. Yeah. It's like hey we got UFOs where did they come from? It's another civilization. Did they colonize our moon or Mars or whatever it is? Like yeah. Once you believe in one, you're like everything else isn't so far fetched, but you got to come with that concrete evidence on the first thing. Yeah, like show me a UFO, yeah. show me the crash, mm-hmm. show me everything, show me the bodies, show me the pilots. Yeah. Now you want to talk about Galactic Federation? You want to talk about bases on Mars? I'm all ears, and I I would believe you. Yeah, well, there's no oh, logical, 100%. there's no lo- there's no logical argument to dismiss it out of hand once you've accepted the idea that that UAP are 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 in our atmosphere. You know, yeah. once you're once you accept that, that there are crafts that are capable of doing the things that have been observed. Yeah. By who's, who's piloting them? That's what yeah. We yeah. It's funny. I think about yeah. like we had a friend of mine on uh, a woman named Jean Anzoulis, who's a, one of my dear friends from for 30 years. And she um, 
when I was 19, I first heard her abduction experience and it just, you know, completely blew my mind, changed my worldview because she was such a, to me, such a, and is such a kind of reliable narrator, like one of these people that is just so, you know, you're really close with it. And her story is remarkable. And I think about like the logic of the sort of, uh, I think Dave, to your point, like a human construction of like the president shaking hands with like the big tall alien versus the absolute nonsensical behavior of uh, abduction experiences, like the, the clear, I don't know how to say it. It's just, there's interpreting there its motives in like trying to figure out what it wants or desires or how it thinks it seems so alien. Um, it just seems so impossible for us to appreciate because, and, and so I guess that's where, that's why I kind of get, that's where I sort of fall off because I, I feel like if there are some interdimensional, if we are just the fish underwater and we don't know what sails are and cars are, and we don't know what anything is beyond the water surface, like how can you even begin to appreciate their kind of needs or uh, motivations? So I guess that's why part of me gronks on the, on the idea of something organized to this. I think, I think there's probably just, just a flailing ignorance of what these things are. Um, mm -hmm. that would make, that would probably make the most sense, but you know, then again, um, but yeah, no, I, I just, that's to me, one of the, uh, scary aspects of it is just, is the idea that the president's speech right now, if it was true and we had the ship would be like, <laughs> yeah, there's they're flying around. We don't have any idea. But I mean, that's something. See, like that's that's even where I was like, do I even believe that now? Did like I'm that guy. I'm that guy. If you gave me aliens, I'm like, all right, why are you giving them to me now, though? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, give me the aliens. You're like, here you are. You're like, I was. Yeah, why they do that? I know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. That's me. Like, if Biden right now said there's aliens, I'd be like, no, there isn't aliens now. These crafts are man are manned by government. Like, I I 100 would be there because it's like, there's there's never. I often ask myself this, like, what's, what's that? What's the thing, right? What is that thing that'll make me, I'm all in. Mm -hmm. um, Cause you can fake anything, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could hypnotize you, make you believe anything. Right. I think I, that's a possibility. You can, you can drug someone. You can, you can, you, you can spend millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on elaborate prank or, or a hoax. What's to, who do you, who do we believe? Well, Right. Even, even if it's out, like the only thing, even if we see it, are we going to believe that this is alien? Are we going to believe what they're telling us? Like, and so I think the only, I, I don't even, I don't even know what my thing is, but I think, I think it's something we all like a journey we all go through. And I don't think we're ever going to get to the end of it um, for forever, because I, I think even if we're going to be given something, it's going to be something else that we're not understanding or yeah. it's just uh, but it's a forever sort of approach to it like give me more i want i want i crave yeah. more but well i yeah i feel like, like yeah not, I, not quite hitting it yeah. i feel like there's 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 there is the real possibility that the that all we that all we can hope to get is some kind of a dumbed down version of reality that is That's presented right. to us that we can that we can wrap our human heads around yeah, digest yeah and exactly. that is going to you know, and that might even be that maybe that is why there's a galactic federation because perhaps whatever this, whatever this phenomena is, is saying, well, here's a stupid way of explaining it to you. That's right. Yeah. Um, might be a psyop. 
and a lot of, it'll it'll put it'll appease a lot of people. Yeah, but I'm uh, saying it may be the whatever the alien force is that yeah. maybe they're they are just maybe it will present in a way that we can understand it understand that we yeah. can we can put into human a, a human frame of reference that's true uh and it might and it might be as far from the reality as uh you know as you know as you know the fact that i can hammer on my desk is from the reality yeah. of quantum physics you know yeah you know that I, that I can believe that i can believe my desk is solid even though i know for a fact it isn't yeah there's a you chance know? that your hand will go through the desk you know that, yeah right? the mathematical like probability yeah, yeah. it's very yeah. very yeah. small number but i know I think there's a, a holistic sort of ground so i i agree the top-down explanation is probably a not going to happen because I don't think they know shit, and I think they're scared to say anything. And I think don't I don't know what that speechwriter writes. I guess in my head I'm like, okay, what right. do I say again? Like, how, how do yeah, we reassure? Yeah. yeah, what's and so I I believe that this kind of academic science community, people talking about it, people beginning to sort of accept, you know, whether it's the obby lobe, it feels like NASA is now kind of just poking this thing repeatedly, not just from the UAP thing, but also they just found was it a moon? Was it one of Jupiter's moons? They found really a, a chemical, like a, it was just announced. It's called DSP. It's it's a kind of chemical makeup of the atmosphere that virtually guarantees that life is there. Probably mm. not not complicated yeah. life, but it's but it's definitely. Um, no, they just found that on an exoplanet as well. Yeah, I think like, I I think uh, this is what. So there's there's this kind of like. Uh, gathering and I don't think it's organized. I don't think it's necessarily conspiratorial. I don't think it's like, okay, you do this. Cause I just think ultimately conspiracies are, I don't think the world's that organized personally. I just feel like you look at government and you're like, oh, they just, they're yeah. barely catching up to what just yeah, happened. Like all in on it. Everyone. Fucking, no, I just think it's no one's just against this at yeah, all. Exactly. Uh, not one person. Okay. But I think the, you know, the Avi Loeb stuff, Gary, no, like getting people to start to get others and peers and academic peers to just go like, just fucking look, just look, just don't, don't do your immediate thing. Just look at the, you know, ubiquity of all of these experiences that just sheer volume of, of now cases and stories. So just to get to the point of like, something's happening. And then obviously yeah. it's beyond us. I, I somewhat separately, I find it interesting about Grush, for example, like he's not saying like, I've seen the bodies, they're in a, big test tube i've been in the garages i've been mm -hmm. he's kind of just reporting what he's heard which in a in a strange way not to say he hasn't seen anything himself apparently he's seen some files he's talked directly to pilots who have experienced but there there's something um believable about that for some and somehow like it's he's not going he's not embellishing he's yeah. not doesn't yeah. seem to be embellishing or going out of his way to try to convince well, us like you know i've seen the broswell craft and um, I think the, the the funny thing to me is, though, is that like it seems like the people who know, know, right, like firsthand, don't want anyone else to know. And yeah. that's always bugged me uh, because no answer would like ever suffice. Like, why? Yeah. Why don't you want me to know? Um, and so, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think the answer might not be something we like. Uh, I think yeah. that would make the most sense to me. I think that's uh, because everybody who doesn't have their hands in it wants to whistleblow. 
Yeah. But everybody who has their hands in it unanimously is like this. We shouldn't know this because mm-hmm. there is something that possibly we won't like. Yeah. Um, well, I know like whatever that know, is. I know that's uh, our friend Jeremy Corbell has intimated that that, mm. that he's been hearing, you know, that maybe maybe there's something to this that we don't want to know. And maybe yeah. we um we're getting but, farmed. Uh, we're farmed. They're farming us or something, or we're mm-hmm. getting, I, 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 the one thing I would say not counter to that, but sort of parallel to that is that, I don't know, my experience in business or whatever my is like people withhold information just as a power move. Like it's just mm-hmm. power. Like information is sort of like, I know, and you don't. And that's just like a human instinct of like, I'm so I'm going to hold. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Keep, there's, there's, there's a dopamine mine. rush that comes from exclusivity, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, you know, it's true. It's, I, it's, it's, it's why racism works so well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, powering, you know, people having the secret is such, you know, and this, the secret partic- sauce. this particular yeah. secret. It's power. Yeah. It's power. Um, I don't, and I don't there is that argument of like, yeah, don't show your hand, you know, obviously. Uh, but I think at this point now, what, what really like made me think about this particular theory again was like, why isn't any other country right now? I know I uh, was in Mexico actually just had a Mexico, hearing today about to, or oh, is, it it, today? Was it t- is it today? today? I think it was, yeah. uh, I think four, at four o'clock West coast time. I yeah. Think. But Maybe like Russia, Russia hasn't set a peep and well, they, know, did, they used to, they used to, but I mean, like, George, I'm saying now, yeah, I mean, like where's, where's all the, I mean, George Knapp came back with thousands and thousands of pages of formerly right. classified Russian documents and, and interviews with, uh than soviet yep. officials but now uh, it's it's like shouldn't they come they come clean out like especially like if you're invading another country maybe you'll want to let people know you got ufos or something like i'm just saying like if you're he seemed like he was in a pickle for a second wouldn't that be a perfect time to be like we have crafts <laughs> also just put your guns but, put your guns down right like but it's a revelation of impotence when you do it though is the problem mm-hmm. The same thing with the American military, a big part of what I keep hearing from, you know, the, why the military doesn't want to admit things are real is yeah. because they are impotent to do anything about it. Right. Yeah. They can't, you know, it's like, you know, it's like um, what David Fravor and, you know, uh, and Ryan Graves testified to. It's the military doesn't like to say, oh, yeah, there's there's this stuff in our skies. Uh, it's way better than anything we have. Oh, <laughs> Not and, good luck. and if it wants to get you, it's going to get you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good night, everybody. Yeah, no way. America's saying we're not number one. Yeah, yeah. And that's and, uh, that's, uh, that's the yeah. whole thing. That's and we do have, thing. and we and you know, and they, we do have like other other countries that have been much more forthcoming about yeah, France. Uh, France is way out. France, there. yeah, France, yeah. Even Brazil. Um, True. Although they've they've I guess they go through waves uh, depending on their governments. Um, yeah. Uh, Chile has been pretty open. Um, you know, they they've put out videos and, and talked about it. Mexico has been relatively open about UFOs. We we kind of Canada kind of backed off the subject a little bit. Uh, Canada's kind of the worst right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really not great. Um, you got to step we, it up. We, had, guys. we yeah. had like the whole that that letter that um, the MP sent, which, you know, named this organization called Five Eyes or. Oh, yeah. Right. And yeah. I, was, I was like, that, who's this? What is this? Yeah. And saying that, yeah, that we should come clean on our involvement with reverse engineering. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, well, we, but then we still have, yeah. then we still have the Canadian, you know, uh, Minister of Defense still saying uh, Canada is does not research, uh, you know, our, our military, our air force, none of our departments yeah. are are looking at UFOs at all. And but like you said, ultimately, maybe there's nothing we can do about it. So there's no point in really uh, divulging anything because that just shows how how weak we are and how powerless we we might be against these things. Yeah, but then there's also um, I mean, I know you keep hearing about the, um, the story that in four years there's something's coming. Twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah, that something is coming. Lou Elizondo said, "Just find a hobby for the next <laughs> yeah. few years." Yeah, I like, that, I like that. I like that. That's yeah, fun. But that that's what's behind <laughs> Gillibrand's legislation, Chuck Schumer's legislation. It's behind the creation of all of these organizations for transparency. Is that basically there's something coming in four years that they're not going to be able to stop? So they got to get get us prepped a little bit. Nice. What the I, fuck. That's terrifying. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, now, yeah. I have lived Dude. through now. I've lived guess, through this several. This also sounds like, yeah, this sounds like Y2K. Yeah. I've lived through uh, several yeah. days at this point. 2012, 2000 was a bad one. Yeah. You know, I've been through a few, so I'm, I'm, I'll be, I'll be prepped. Some crazy shit just went down in 2020. So I'm not, you know, I yeah. think we're kind of like, like every winter solstice we're in for some type of, yeah, bring the, you know, yeah. bring them, bring the aliens on. Well, you know, I've, I've, I'll be, I'll be happy. How much can we, you know, we need, we'll need some new content. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, It'll be fantastic for area <laughs> yeah. 52. It'll be fantastic. Well, you'll, for really. We'll have been on the ground level at that point. I, like, I yeah. hope that's yeah. the only reason yeah. I'm doing this is we'll hopefully, yeah, I'll it. find someone who knows where the secret apartments are that I can like take my family and we can, you know, we can make friends with the aliens. Someone in the know will help us out. Yeah. Uh, that's my yeah. whole motivation here. I'll yeah. Get some sort of insight. Of course, the other side of that is that we may just suddenly one morning wake up to find that all of us and all of our curiosity are completely irrelevant because the, the non-human intelligence have just said, hey, and yeah. um, here we are. And so all of our so not just us, but like all of but our they, top but they say it in our heads. Yeah. yeah, and and so, In our own voices. Right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, it will be some type of medium that that we didn't expect. It won't be a handshake. uh on a hill with a UFO, it'll, it'll, it'll yeah. be like in your bedroom and yeah. all at the same time, like, Hey, we're here or, yeah. or something, something wild. Right. Yeah. Well, I think our, our own history, we're not many decades away from um, being a species that interacts with the internet purely on a mental level. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. We're close like, to that too. Like our interface, our interface with, I mean, I remember the first time I heard about cochlear implants. Yeah. I thought as soon as I heard about those, I thought, that's the future of how we interconnect. We we will communicate yeah. through something like a cochlear implant someday. Yeah, and um, Neuralink or whatever. It yeah, may be. so there was yeah, we will we will we will access the internet in exactly the same way we currently think. There is someone who does that actually. There is someone who has it uh, has the internet hooked up to his brain. Uh, he did a whole interview, and they're like, "Yeah, what's this times this?" And he's like, "He doesn't even have to say it. He just thinks it, and it and it goes Google searches everything." Wow. Yeah. And that's Elon's theory that that's the only way we can possibly keep up with the AI anyway. It's just we got to like put something in there so that we can at least maybe play in the same ballpark as AI yeah. so that we don't appear to just be sort of these silly kind of I think if animals we're... running around, you know, that have no purpose. Yeah, I think AI exists already. I don't think we invented it. Uh, you know, if you if you're looking at these crafts and thinking that they're more advanced, then you can just 
assume that they've conquered artificial intelligence and probably mm-hmm. integrated it biologically somehow. And uh, you tell us, like, I don't even know. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. for us to, for, for, for me to think that we've discovered anything at all, yeah. Uh, when you compare it to the entire universe is, is pretty far fetched. Like yeah. there's so many things and of out course, there. That, yeah. and, and of course the biggest, the big rug pull that's always in the back of my mind is if Nick Bostrom turns out to be right and it's all a simulation. Um, yeah. Because, because then you can, you can kind of, you can almost everything paranormal and, and anomalous, you can go, Oh, well, if it's a simulation, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I think to a certain point, like if you, you know, if you look at quantum physics uh, and, and, you know, the way observation uh, sort of changes the outcome of certain things and, and uh, the properties of certain things, you can assume that, uh, you know, everything is sort of, we're creating everything with our collective consciousness um, mm-hmm. and that nothing is what it seems. Nothing is, you know. We're, but we're kind of also a slave to it, which is kind of weird. It's like, well, if I can, if I can just create what I see and like, why do I scrape my knee? Why even like, why can't I heal that? What's going mm-hmm. on? Someone created the game, Dave, right? Someone at some point, a billion simulations ago, created the game. They had to, yeah. there had to be. Yeah. Or be. one. Okay. It's good. As I said, if we're, if we're just, if we're in a simulation, I always said, well, the other thing is, I don't think, I think the simulation probably isn't about us. What if AI created us? Yeah. Like the future AI and they made the simulation and then we created AI and that AI ends up creating another simulation. We are. That's what's happening. I was up till 2 a.m. playing uh, Baldur's Gate 3, uh, which is fucking dope. And uh, (laughs) I'm, you know, it's just, I think about the, um, just how the memory tries to catch up with the environment, right? It's just sort of creating like, you know, and yeah, I sort of yeah. look up, but you know, I almost think of the, yeah, like, like this, like this can right here might be completely hollow and empty and like see through from the other until side. You just get there. Until, right? until you just, just sort there. of need it or get there. And um, it's clear there's, it's not even theory that we are there, right? Chat GBT, mm-hmm. like it happened. Like we crossed the Rubicon, you know, we, we, we are now post, AI and we're designing these games. And often I'm thinking like, just like, wow, like this life I'm living is so, it's so accurately rendered. <laughs> like, you know, it really this is. feeling like mm-hmm. it's so like amazing, you know, it's like all breaking down a little bit in some ways, you know, my, my vision's not what it was, but I just imagine like, it is a kind of compelling, uh, uh, just slightly better resolution, you know, it's, it's than what I'm playing, you know, how many years are we from Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 being able to sort of mimic Tom or Dave's or Chris's life to just this yeah. like real like tactile well, there's, level. There's nothing here uh, that is happening here. It's all happening here. Mm-hmm. Like we're right. all yeah. aware of this, right? Like uh, yeah. every sense is happening here. It's not yeah. happening here. That's why this book is <laughs> incredibly <laughs> unpleasant or or great or super pleasant, just depending. Yeah. But yeah. it's yeah. all about it's yeah. all about that. And it's kind of like Donald Donald Hoffman's thing about how uh, you know that we've we've evolved. Not only to, not only does evolution not prepare us to perceive reality, it prevents us from perceiving reality. Yeah, fair. You know? That our senses are—I mean, that our—I mean, our senses are so ridiculously limited. Um, yeah. You know, we share the planet with a lot of creatures that have way better uh, sensory awareness than we, like dolphins, yeah. way way clearer vision of their surroundings than we have. Yeah. Bats. Yeah. Like, have you seen? Have you seen like um, interviews with with um, people who are completely blind? 
Oh yeah. You have learned how to echolocate. Yes, I have. That oh, was like no. on Ripley's or something when I was younger. This yeah. kid was like, like just like going down and and, and just yeah, that's a car, really? that's a building. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah, and they've said and they've described it and like people, human beings learning to echolocate like bats, and but and their perception of their environment is way more <laughs> way more in, uh, expansive than our sighted view. That they yeah. they this click and they see three hundred and sixty degree mm-hmm. structures all around them. Um, yeah, but it's a perception thing. Like if yeah. you you look at a caveman, like is is who's more intelligent? You know, I I, I look at it. I look at a scene and I can describe it in a book. You know, detailed six hundred pages of of this beautiful scene, and I can and he can just go, Ugh. <laughs> right? Who's yeah. smarter? You know what I mean? It's like when I look at the Jetsons and they've got one red button that does everything when's mm-hmm. that coming why yeah. do i have a hundred buttons on my remote that's insane i have four mm-hmm. red buttons on the same remote i'm like that you know this shouldn't they're all there's so many i don't even know what most of them do this i'm tired of accidentally turning my tv off in the dark yeah, this isn't what i signed up for where's the yeah. one red button like where yeah. where's this this promise of yeah it reminds me of the michio kaku the futurist who his theory of i know i'm sure i mangled his name but um that idea that it's just like the technology will just shrink as we just get used to it. Like it's, it's just, it's not even a, it's just as we gradually adjust, it is disappearing. It's just disappearing into smaller and smaller until it'll just be, yeah, in our minds. And, and there's something yeah. inarguable about it, obviously, because we're carrying around, you know, um, this was what, I mean, 500 yards of mainframes in the 1950s or what, you yeah. know, this was a, a serious wait till, you, wait till you start getting ads in your brain though. That's, that's, what's really going to happen. See, that's what people don't really think about. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, we're going to be able Ugh. to talk to each other or Ooh, the AI is going to get us. No, no. What's going to happen is you get gambling websites in your head all the time. <laughs> like it's, it's, yeah. it's going to be ridiculous. You're going to have we'll, like, <laughs> but will we perceive them as ads or will we perceive them as desires? Oh, or it's just like somebody that walks up to you, you think is real and like, Hey buddy, you yeah. should really check out these slots over at whatever. Yeah, you but know, you might I'm just like, say, to you, I really want to play blackjack right now. Yeah. And it's right. not because you've just experienced an ad for blackjack that you aren't even yeah. aware of. That's yeah. crazy. You know, I don't want that, but you're probably yeah, we're right. Gonna have, we're going to have, a, you're going to have a number over your head, like in Black Mirror. It'll well, be look, like, who's to say, look, is that really different from our genes telling us who, to, you know, basically saying, hey, you should want to fuck that person. Right. Um, right. That's yeah. that basically your genes you know doing advertising for their own their own ends that's right yeah you know so look at my jeans again um (laughs) i have a question for you chris just completely unrelated who are like are there any uh this is pure magic question who's out there that you dig that we should look at their work or what who's who's super awesome right now or who is undiscovered i just think like your your site is you know youtube site is so cool there's so much great stuff so much talent on there um is there anybody you recommend people check out there are definitely like i mean if you guys you guys aware of darren brown he's like just he's a legend and i I mentioned him here because he's not very well known in the western part of the world but Mm. he's a absolute legend in the uk he's a hypnotist mentalist and he tackles a lot of things uh uh, he's tackled remote viewing he's tackled okay uh, all these different things in in a very entertaining manner, uh, but yeah, he's hypnotized you know someone to assassinate someone else and like done done these really crazy experiments Jesus. and done shows about it. He's an entertainer, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, I suggest I, I think you guys get a real kick out of him. He's a great great showman. 
Um, and what was the name again? I mean, was Darren that... Brown. Darren Brown. Okay. He's got one special on Netflix called Push, but everything else was on the BBC, and I believe everything's available on YouTube. All his hour-long specials uh, are yeah. available on YouTube. So, All right. Well, I have another magic question then, as long mm. as we're going back to it. Um, I watched uh, the video you put up recently where it was you and a bunch of guys uh, doing close-up magic. Just yeah. taking turns doing close-up. I, I forget what you called it. Uh, Flat, you flash, flash, flash lose. Or, flash lose, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. My question is, when did magicians become uh, cool hipster bros and stop yeah. being guys and wearing cummerbunds? Um, yeah. uh, like, there so are cool. still. Um, I've been in the magic castle. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but how did like I I looked at that room full of, and I'm going, yeah. how are there so many of you? Yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 is funny. Um, you know I. I only found out about other magicians when I started going to conventions and, uh, and in the conventions, like you, you find your tribe really quickly when you're among people you don't like. (laughs) So you're like, you gravitate towards people instantly and you're like, Oh, we're, let's go have a beer. You know? Uh, so that kind of happened throughout the years uh, at these magic conventions. So I go to conventions that have 4,000 attendees, 4,000 magicians. I was one in Blackpool, England every year. I go to like four or five a year in different parts of the world with thousands of magicians. And, and you know, there's a dealer's hall where all the magic's being sold. Copperfield comes through right at the beginning and he does his little tour and, and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But it's a whole society. It's a whole yeah. Uh, thing. But yeah, uh, out of, you know, out of the 4,000, I found like 20 that I really like. So yeah. <laughs> and again, it's, and it's a talented 20 too. Is there yeah. a cultural separation between magicians and illusionists? No, I, I think only to the outside, really. Uh, I think um, it's like it's like it's just different instruments, you know. It's when I when I do sleight of hand and close up magic, which is what I love doing, which is what I prefer doing. Um, people go, you know, oh, one day you'll have your own Vegas act or whatever, and it's like it's like telling someone who plays the violin one day you're going to play the cello if you try really hard. It's just because <laughs> yeah. it's bigger doesn't mean I, I'll like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do enjoy the close up stuff cause it, it's, uh, it's all about connection. And, uh, although it, stage is fun, you don't have that connection. There isn't, and there's that veil as well. There is, Oh, trap doors or like what, what's going on is there smoke yeah. mirrors. Uh, but in yeah. person you have none of that. You're completely unarmed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to really deal with what you're seeing. So yeah, you don't have, you don't have secret twins. Yeah. Well, you you do close up match. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had a, I have to share a terribly discouraging Copperfield story um, where I, <laughs> my wife and I were in Vegas and we're like, mm. I'm fucking going to David Cop. Like it's here. I'm yeah. Go check it out. Like, you know, and now, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that he was bringing his best game that day. Um, it, w- it was feeling a little, he's probably done a few of these. And so, yeah, but we're in our, sluggish. we're in our big, nice booth watching, uh, you know, watching the, 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 the magic happen literally. And, somebody this tall like 510 uh well-dressed young woman just comes and sits in our booth with us and i'm like who the like hi and like five minutes later he's like can i have a volunteer from the audience and he's like you you yeah she like goes up i'm like the i'm in the audience like i'm the i'm paying the fuck is this Mm -hmm. what's going on here like it was a i have to say my my dreams were dashed so i think the close-up magic is 
really where the magic happens. I think that's yeah, the, that's the cool shit. That was like yeah, shows are like for like the general audience, but a few people are gonna get gonna get fucked in the way uh, for for those ones for sure. Um, but you know, he's he is a legend. Though. He's been doing it for such long. He, he does nine shows a week oh and takes eleven weeks off in a row. And other than that, he's working straight nine shows a week, seven days a week. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, he's like seems 60. unnecessary. That's a lot of work. Uh, he's a billionaire. Yeah, uh, he has his own islands and everything. Yeah. Uh, see, I don't know. Yeah, insane. see, if I was even a millionaire, I don't think I'd show up for work anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. At this point, it, dude, he so like uh, one of the things that Copperfield does, um, he gives VIP tours to his private secret museum, uh, mm-hmm. which he has a uh, few, but the big one in Vegas is the biggest magic museum in the entire world, the best curated, biggest library, biggest poster collection, uh, all the, he's got everything from Houdini, his bathtub, his, his straight jacket. He's got everything from Robert Houdin. So like all, all everybody who's ever been a magician, Malini to uh, Cardini, Slidini, all these guys, all the Dinis. Um, and this is after his show in Vegas, after he's just finished two shows, he's hanging out till two, three in the morning giving you this tour personally with like six other people doing that's pretty fun for, for like two hours. Mm-hmm. It's insane. And then sometimes, you know, like one time we we're like, Oh, let's go get pizza after. And it's locked down a restaurant. It's like four in the morning. Like this guy works, you know, which is, uh, it's, it's wild. But like you said, probably unnecessary. He sounds much more yeah. virile and bigger than me. He sounds, did much you more know like- his father worked at Roswell in 1947? I did not know that. Yeah, he showed me a card. What the fuck? So in, wow. in his uh, in his hangar, he also does a hangar tour. And there's, yeah. by the way, there's like 30 people behind the stage pulling things like at two in the morning. <laughs> but there's this big jet and everything else. And uh, and then he he has like a blueprint of an alien that he brings on stage. He has a like an animatronic alien that like Disney made or something. It's insane. It's like the circuits in it, like when you see the X-ray are nuts. And uh, he's got a UFO hanging. Not sure if it's real. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does bring out a UFO during a show, like a massive yeah. one. It's, it's incredible. But um, yeah, he showed me this card. It says uh, Roswell, stationed in Roswell, is the Army, 1947 to whatever. Wow. Who's he your Rushmore? That. Who's your magic Rushmore? Um, I, I would say Darren Brown's up there. Copperfield, you got to put him up there. And David Blaine. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. David and it's Blaine, David Blaine. Blaine. Now it's now you, we, I saw, I was like in the, when the young woman sat down and like raised her hand, I was like, oh, well, okay. So there's, is David Blaine um, pre-setting up his street sets or is he just a master of the intimacy? um, No, he does close up magic. um, Mm. But David's more of an endurance artist now. He is our Houdini. Yeah, Yeah. no, no question. Um, But I'm saying as a Canadian, you're not going to put Doug Henning or um or not Kreskin on, my, on your list before my time i have a <laughs> Kreskin esp kit here actually that i just picked up a vintage one but uh yeah. those the, you know as i love doug hanning as well and he did a lot for magic uh you know he was one of the first to really do the whole showman you know type shows and uh, yeah. but that was before my time unfortunately yeah. i wasn't to, that's my my childhood which is of yeah. course anytime a canadian is famous for anything yeah, there's Ted uh, Outerbridge now, currently. He's in Montreal. He's an illusionist. I think he's one of our only. Uh, we got Darcy mm. Oak out in Canada as well. And, mm. yeah, be proud, out. Dave. Be proud. You've got a, there's I'm, oh, lots Canadians to be proud of. Canadians go far beyond proud. They go to insufferable immediately. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, hey, you know, listen. Like Rich Little's Canadian. Did you know? Uh, Max Sennett was Canadian. Did you know? Uh, I didn't Did know Rich know? Little. I know. I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. want the list. I want the whole list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um chris yeah. you're you're the best man this was but, yeah I, we could talk uh, let's do this again um definitely i know dave has to pee that's really my own i you know there's a, never there's never a reason <laughs> to let Here's, the pot end yeah. dave come on i've no i've i uh, clearly i i have been re i have been replaced <laughs> this is not the real dave foley because yeah, i don't like, have to pee just, well, what's after, going on you've got the it, ha it happened when they when he got muted yeah the cia glitch <laughs> whatever the fuck yeah. just happened he's yeah, been replaced like, Look, just trust me. You're gonna like this Dave Foley a lot better. All right, that's uh, good. I, you know, listen. I'll I'm, take his word for it. I'm so, you know, we. Uh, I'm excited for Area 52. This is Thank me too. This is great. Um, debriefed and people. Um, yeah, people. You gotta watch. You gotta watch the the, the, the Area 52 if to learn about remote remote viewing, the history of it, and and the you know the reality of it. And yeah, both sides. Yeah. I think very fairly yeah. presenting both yeah. sides. Like you don't just, you're yeah. not like all in. I mean, I, I respect the healthy skepticism and, and then, um, but fascinating stuff. Um, really, you know, exciting, great to talk with you about all of this. Let's please do it again. Uh, congratulations yeah, on just, you know, you know incredible you. success and we could do a whole new one on, you know, on just magic alone. So we're, and, or even, yeah, we didn't even touch on the, uh, the sport model Bob Lazar puzzle. That's that, good. Uh, you know, Ooh. Yeah, that, that I, that, yeah, <laughs> let's double. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's a whole other, chapter, a whole other, whole I'm, other. I'm glad to come back. We can do it anytime. I All right. appreciate, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, we will. We... Podcast. I watch them. I think you guys are doing great. Keep it up. Please Thank don't you. stop ever. Thanks. Uh, really, really fun. So anytime you'd have me, I'd be happy. And I'd be happy to have you guys online one day. Awesome. That would be wonderful. If you're ever, if you're ever out the East coast, I mean, uh, it'd be even great to get you in person and, Maybe do it yeah. that way. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, love it. I'd love. I need to see the close-up magic. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan, so I, I yeah. want to see it. This is, this is awesome. I, I will keep it for in person. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Thanks, Chris, okay. so much. Thanks, Chris. Right. Thanks, guys.